Podcast LLC is the group page on Facebook. This is where we are live, where you can tune in and get us right now. If not, you can get over to the link. Like if you, I know a lot of people are off of work, off work today. So if you are around, you home, you can get us. You can get the visual as well as the audio today. But if you can't, if you do happen to be at work, just sneak a peek over to the group page. Look in the description and. You can get the RDO feed where you can get us and you can get the audio for us. Or you can just go to TuneIn if you got the TuneIn app and get us on the TuneIn app. Just search Heat 100 Radio and we will be up. So we had another somewhat crazy day in uh, the NFL yesterday. There's a little, well, some surprises, uh, some other things going on. We're definitely going to talk about that. So what we're going to do today is we're going to get to our NFL stuff in our first hour. So we're going to give you, you know, our news and our scores. And we're going to get into the NFL stuff. We're going to hold our picks until the end before we close out. So we'll definitely get you our week four picks before we close out. Right. But in the second hour, we got a couple things that I wanted to get to. I want to talk a little bit about the Robert Sarver story, who um, I brought that story to you last week. And he is apparently now has been disciplined enough where he is now going to sell both of his teams. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Then there's some other things I got sprinkled in. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Brett Favre situation and a little bit about the Aime Udoka situation. So got some good stuff coming up in that second hour. So make sure you ride through all the way through with us for both hours of today's episode. So let's get right to it. Uh, we got some news and some updates. So. Here we go. Robert Sarver, like I just mentioned, is planning to sell both teams, the Suns and the Mercury. Um, and, and it seems like a lot of people, um, as far as the NBA Players Association mm-hmm. and other uh, players, are now in agreement with that. And when I brought this story to you, you know, I mentioned to you that it was a punishment, but a lot of people, NFL, NBA Players Association, city of phoenix and other players and other facets around the nba felt like the fine should have been stiffer or the punishment should have been stiffer so again just like with the deshaun watson situation they discussed it a little further now he is intending to sell both teams the kansas city royals fire longtime front office exec dayton moore 
The NFL warns uh, Bruce Arians over his sideline conduct. Aaron Judge over the weekend hits his 60th home run. Kevin Love launches a mental health program for high school students. Uh, I think that is a great thing um, that Kevin Love is doing because, as you know, and I brought it to you um, when it happened um, on the show, he went through his own bout of mental health um, issues and other stuff and things of that nature. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's... It's good that he is. He had first acknowledged his uh, issues, handled or dealt with his issues, mm-hmm. and then now he's given back to help others um, deal with the issues. So that's a really good thing um, being done by Kevin Love. And we're going to talk about this story later on. Coach Celtics coach Ime Udoka has been suspended for the season for what they're calling violation of team policies. Right. Like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, when we get down the line. Right. NCAA announces recruiting violations and penalties for LSU football. Mm-hmm. Bill safety Micah Hyde um, is on the injured reserve, and right. he is apparently out for the season with a neck injury. The Pelicans and C.J. McCollum agree to a two-year, $64 million extension. Mm-hmm. The Packers place wide receiver Sammy Watkins on IR. Albert Pujols becomes the fourth player to reach 700 career home runs. Nia Long issues a statement after the Udoka suspension. The NFL Players Association wants a review of the quick tour return yesterday. Right. I can understand why they would they might want that, but why? I mean, you know, but of course the NFL is going to do what they do anyway, so we'll see uh mm-hmm. definitely what happens with them and in that situation. Uh what else have we got here? Um the reports are that Court Pat's court Patriots quarterback Mac Jones is believed to have a high ankle sprain. So, you know, we know what they say about high ankle sprains, and we know how they can linger on for a long time. United States wins the President's Cup um, on the PGA circuit again for the ninth straight time. Rams, the Rams, Aaron Donald reaches a milestone after recording 100 sacks. The NFL, in an announcement as early as this morning, the reports were out. They are replacing the Pro Bowl with a week-long skills competitions, Mm -hmm. with a week-long set of skills competitions, Mm -hmm. and ultimately um, ending in a flag football game. (laughs) So, folks, I posted that on my page, on the group page this morning, so we're not going to talk about that a whole lot right now. Um, This is our Drake week, so we may bring that back up again Thursday uh, on the Drake outing. But here's the thing. You can go on the, on the page and look at the post and read the post, read the story. Leave me some comments and we can talk about it there. And then, like I said, if I don't bring it um, during the Drake, mm-hmm. though, I'll bring it back next Monday um, when we come back here. So, again, um, just real quickly, though, I, I believe um, that that is going to be a good thing. Um, as we know how the NFL had changed the Pro Bowl to the week before the Super Bowl. And I guess they realized how much they were losing by doing that for the last couple years because you get a lot of players that might be end up playing in the Super Bowl that now aren't going to play in that game. When you had it afterwards, you know, a lot of those guys went up, were up for that. They were up for that free trip to Hawaii to get that Pro Bowl ticket. And a lot more guys played or even showed up. So now you they bring they bring their families and all that. So like yeah. you said, Frank, it's a real vacation, mm-hmm. you know, a paid yeah. vacation where yeah. they don't on the tab of the NFL. Yeah. 
So, so I don't know if they're going to move the week again to move it back. But <laughs> I'm glad to see that they are not having a full contact game. They're just going to have some skills competitions right. and a flag football game, which is a great thing because flag football is now becoming um, a major thing. It is growing, growing very quickly right. um, all over, especially um, in the United States sure. um, here. So we are going to give you some – Major League Baseball scores mm-hmm. from yesterday. Right. And ironically, I didn't realize, pay attention to the time frame that we're in. Mm-hmm. But we also got some NHL scores from yesterday as well. So, okay. uh, MLB scores from yesterday. The Braves take one over the Phillies, 8-7. Mm-hmm. The Astros uh, get by the O's in 11 innings, 6-3. Right. The Blue Jays take the Rays, 7-1. The Cubs get by the Pirates, 8-3. Mm-hmm. The Reds outlast the Brewers, 2-1. The Nationals get by the Marlins 6-1. The Tigers get by the White Sox 4-1. Right. The Angels put something on the Twins. They take that game 10-3. Mm-hmm. The Mariners in a tight one fall to the Royals 13-12. The Guardians take the game from the Rangers 10-4. Mm-hmm. The Padres 13-6 over the Rockies. The Giants just get by the Diamondbacks 3-2. Mm-hmm. The Mets beat up on the A's 13-4. The Dodgers get by the Cardinals 4-1. And then last night's finale of the day, mm-hmm. the Yankees blank the Red Sox 2-zip. In uh, the NHL, mm-hmm. the Blue Jackets in Game 1 fall to the Penguins 3-2. Uh, Sabres get by the Capitals in OT 3-4-3. Three, three. The Avalanche fall to the Wild also in OT 3-2. The Ducks get by the Coyotes 3-2. The Oilers blank the Jets 4-zip. The Kings fall to the Sharks 3-2. The Flames in Game 1 defeat the Canucks 3-2. The Penguins in Game 2 fall to the Blue Jackets 5-1. In Game 2, the Canucks and the Flames. The Flames take the second game 3-zip. And the Avalanche get by the Golden Knights 3-1. In NCAA football. You got your top 25 here. Top 25s are up. Right. Let's see. Kent State falls to number one, Georgia, 39-22. Number four, Michigan gets by Maryland, 34-27. Penn State, number 14, gets by uh, Central Michigan, 33-14. to Number 24, Pitt, go Pitt. Shout out to Lil' Cuz. Uh, they get by Rhode Island. They are actually ranked number 24. I'm sorry. They get by Rhode Island, 45-24. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest, number 21, faced off against number 9, Clemson. Number 9, Clemson takes that 51-45 in double overtime. Yeah. Number 17, Baylor gets by Iowa State, 31-24. Mm-hmm. Number 21, Miami falls to Middle Tennessee State, 45-31. Number 11, Tennessee gets by number 20, Florida, 38-33. Number 22, Texas falls to Texas Tech in overtime, 37-34. Number 16, Tulsa falls to Ole Miss. I'm sorry, number 16, Ole Miss gets by Tulsa, 35-27. Number 15, Oregon, 44, Washington State, 41. Northern Illinois falls to number 8, Kentucky, 31-23. Number 10, Arkansas falls to number 23, Texas A&M, 23-21. Mm-hmm. Number 12, NC State gets by UConn, 41-10. Mm-hmm. Number three, Ohio State. Shout out to Baldy for being in Ohio State. 
Buckeyes fan. Yeah, they take the game over Wisconsin, 52-31. Mm-hmm. Number 21, number two, I'm sorry, Alabama takes them, takes the game over Vanderbilt, 55-3. to Kansas State gets by number six, Oklahoma, 41-34. Number 17, number seven, USC gets by Oregon State, 17-14. Mm-hmm. Number 19, BYU. Defeats Wyoming 38-24. Number 13, Utah gets by Arizona State 34-13. Mm-hmm. And number 18, Washington gets by Stanford 40-22. to Those are your NCAA scores, top 25 scores from the weekend, and that was Saturday. There were some upsets there. I'm sure, I'm so sure uh, how, or I'm just waiting to see how that um, – uh, how that rankings, how those rankings are going to change. Uh, let's see. In all of my work, my due diligence, let's do it here. Little boy Rob, tuned in. Thanks for tuning in. My guy, George Santos. Cuzzo Martinez Margarita. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Anybody else that wants to tune in, you know where we are. So get on over here and tune in and check us out. Um, now, like I said, we are 10 minutes in. Mm-hmm. We are going to get to... This NFL Sunday um, schedule. Um, yesterday was week three. Week three culminates tonight, um, as we know, with the Cowboys and the Giants. Yes, we will um, get to that in just a bit. But we're going to go through these scores. Mm-hmm. And as always, we're going to go back to the beginning of week three on Thursday, last Thursday. Uh, that game, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Cleveland takes that game 29-17. It was a little crazy game there. Um, I don't understand. You think Mike Tomlin leaving after this year? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Pittsburgh yeah, uh, right now. Um, they took a chance on Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. As of right now, they like the young guys. in my opinion, I like the young guys come it doesn't look like things are working out. Trubisky. The way that they thought they would work out yeah. with Trubisky. Right. Um, they have the talent on offense. They have the talent on defense as well. But I think the defense is spending too much time on the field because right. the offense can't do anything with the ball. Right. And very early in the season, right. you pose this question for them. And now this kind of brings me to the point where I was going to talk about the 49ers and I said how the problem that they had. I think now you could arguably say that Pittsburgh is kind of angling toward that same problem where things are not working out right now with Mitchell Trubisky. Week three, going into week four, how soon or when do they seriously consider pulling the trigger and playing the young kid Kenny Pickett from Pitt? I like him. Um, yeah, I like them too. Yeah. But again, you know, and when I said that, make make sure you note the way I said it. When do they seriously right. consider making a change? Because I'm almost certain just be, just because of the way things are going, right. there is some chatter about it. It may not be any smoke or any steam to it as of yet, right. but I'm sure just because of the way things are going, there is some chatter. So we'll know. We won't know. I mean, right. of course. It, it's going. It happens NFL, all the time. Right. It's the NFL is professional sports. Yeah. There is some chatter, yeah. so those discussions are possibly 
beginning to be had or beginning to be hinted at. So again, like we said, it's only week three. So we'll wait and see what happens with them and to see if this and decide if they want to go on and get to the point where they seriously have to think about making a decision at that quarterback quarterback position. Moving into yesterday's games, folks. Uh, let's see. Chicago gets by the Houston Texans in Chicago 23-20. The Las Vegas Raiders fall to Tennessee. Tennessee gets their first win of the season, of the early season, 24-22. Um, may come back and talk a little bit about that Tennessee game, especially about the Raiders. Raiders are right now 0-3. Overrated. And they had Overrated. very, very high expectations. Um, well, they had high expectations going in, and then the high expectations slightly got a little bit higher with the acquisition of uh, right. Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. But totally. haven't heard that name much in three weeks. So we'll, we'll talk a little We'll get probably come back to that and talk a little bit Kansas about that. Zone. Kansas City gets upset by Indianapolis, and Indianapolis so gets their bad. first win as well, 20-17. Mm-hmm. Miami stays undefeated. Mm-hmm. They win 21-19 over Buffalo. Surprising that. to me. In my opinion, that's shot. an upset. Um, I think Buffalo... Full of themselves. No, I think the quick change with the losing of Hyde yeah, might have had a little something to do with it um, yesterday. So I think they'll be – I think the coaching staff would do their due diligence and right. try to get things right going into week four. Right. Um, I just think it was just a little bit on the fly, and they just caught Miami on a roll. You know, and things didn't go the way they went, you know. Um, An abnormal poor throw late in that game by the quarterback, Josh Allen, who I like a lot. Oh, I love him. Yeah, an abnormally bad or poor throw at the end of that game. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I still like Buffalo as a front runner um, in the the AFC. Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota takes that game 28-24. Baltimore at New England. New England falls 37-26. I missed the score here in my haste. I missed the Jets and the Cincinnati score. But I know Cincinnati won that game, so Cincinnati got their first win. Um, I I don't have the numbers right now. But more importantly, Cincinnati got their first win. Uh, The Eagles and the Commanders. The Eagles beat up on... The Commanders and Carson Wentz, they take that game 24-8. to eight. Definitely going to talk a little bit about that game um, in a few. Mm-hmm. New Orleans at Carolina. Carolina takes that game at home 22-14. Jacksonville, looking like wow. a different team. Not the Jacksonville that next? we have been used to. Um, they beat up on the Chargers with an injured quarterback, 38-10. They got a defense. I don't know why uh, the Chargers lost that game. Let's see. The Rams and at the Cardinals, the Rams take that 20-12. to 12. Atlanta gets a win. They get by Seattle, 27-23. Mm-hmm. Green Bay beats Tampa Bay That's in so Tampa good. Bay, 14-12. And then the nightcap last night, San Francisco at Denver. In a crazy, weird, defensive defensively boring, if you will, game. Uh, Denver takes that game 11-10. And as we know, as we said, uh, closing out week three, Monday night, division game, Denver, I mean, Dallas at the New York Giants tonight. So let's talk a little bit about 
Uh, let's go back to the Raiders game Tennessee. for right now. Tennessee. Tennessee got their first win. Um, Tennessee, they scary, man. Uh, you know, King Henry back. The crazy thing I think about Tennessee, they got defense too. Is they kind of remind me of the cardiac kids. Not so much the cardiac kids, but they kind of remind me of the San Antonio Spurs. Funny up until right. up until the last maybe couple of years, yeah. where no matter what happens during the regular season, somehow somewhere they're always they're in the playoffs. mix at the end. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing with right. Tennessee. I think that's why there was really like no panic right. when they went zero and two in the first two weeks. Um, they got a win yesterday mm-hmm. um, over the Raiders, like I said. And talking about speaking of the Raiders, um, it, it was. It's crazy. Um, they had expectations last year. They had expectations again this year. Yeah, one of the best receivers. Um, again, and like I mentioned in the opening, they their expectations went slightly higher mm-hmm. with the addition of Devontae yeah. Adams. But again, you haven't heard his name much. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of hype and a lot of talk about reuniting quarterback David Carr and his college receiver Devontae Adams right. played together in college I don't know oh, what's going on with the Raiders I usually they look lie. at the Raiders as they start out kind of with a head of steam mm-hmm. and then they dwindle right. and then they give you another little shot in the arm right. and then they dwindle off again right. this year somewhat of the opposite they're dwindling already right it's it's already week three. They're 0-3. They panicking. And a lot of people will say, uh, it's only three weeks in. They're 0-3. Certain teams. It's a long season Certain left. Teams. In a lot of ways, that can be true. And you look at the other side. Their division's tough. And you say, you look at all the Jeez, other moving parts in it. Their division is a tough division. Yeah, tough, man. You look at the conference. The conference is a tough conference. And you also look at injuries. Injuries. And then you look at the play of, at times, certain positions. Right. Other times, the entire team. Right. And what I've been saying about the Raiders for the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. It is the fact that any given Sunday, pun intended, mm-hmm. any given Sunday, you don't know what team is going to show up. Sure. It's a week-to-week okay. league. Um, well, it's a week-to-week league, but even with that team, you don't know right. what team is going to show up. You don't know if Derek Carr is going to show up to be Five the TVs. Derek Carr that a lot of people have written him up to be right. or if he's going to be the Derek Carr that right. the media has talked about him coming down to. Right. So, the, the the Raiders situation right now, I won't say right now because, like I said, we only going into week four. Right. I won't say they're at the panic stage as of yet, mm. but I will say they are at the concern that division stage. Thing? That division. Yeah, I still don't think it's panic because I don't think they played anybody in the division yet. I don't think they did, the but it's still, like I said, it's still 
what, three weeks in, so it's still 14 games left. Right. So it's a lot of games. But again, like I said, we don't know. It depends on who shows up on any given Sunday right. or whatever day they play. That's going to determine a lot going Right. moving forward right. with the Raiders. But again, like I said, I don't think, even with what we said about the conference being tough, mm -hmm. their division being tough, mm -hmm. there is enough time. Right. But I don't think they're at panic mode. And I say that because, like again, it's only week three. Right. So I don't think they're at panic mode. Right. But I definitely think concern. there's some concern going on right. over there. Um, yeah, I definitely think that because their expectations were here yeah. and their play is here right now. So, you know, you don't know what's going on there. You don't know how that's going to play out right. or whatever. So we'll see right. what happens with the Raiders. You know, it's going to be interesting, mm -hmm. um, especially, like we said, the way the NFL has been backloading schedules with division games right. and then those games will mean a lot more or they won't mean anything depending right. on where teams are in the season. It's like the yeah. NFC East, when they do it for the NFC East, those games always seem to mean something. Mm -hmm. Whether it's whether it's a team playing spoiler for playoff positioning, maybe even for the division, or it it's a team doing the opposite, trying to win a division or trying to get a higher seed in the playoffs. So there's always mm -hmm. some type of importance in one way or some type of significance one way or another, especially in the NFC East. And it's in other divisions too, but, you know, the NFC East is one of those divisions where there hasn't been a repeat winner of a division since the Eagles did it. I think it was like 2014 or something like that. So if history is going to hold itself. It looks like the Eagles could, very early mm -hmm. evaluations, could run away with this division. Let's see. Um, again, like we said, they, they have to play Dallas and they have to play the New York Giants. Mm -hmm. But I think with what they've shown in the three weeks mm -hmm. and they are now becoming the talk of the town. Yeah. Um, this morning I wake up and all I hear and this is like mainstream media, not just local media. It's mainstream media as well. Mm -hmm. We're hearing this, Jalen Hurts is this, and Jalen Hurts is MVP, doing this. The Eagles, Eagles are for real, and whatever, whatever. There's a lot of similarities to the Super Bowl team, and isn't that. I get that. I understand it, people. Pump the brakes. Pump your brakes a little bit. Do give credit where credit is due. Um, I, I do also believe right now within three weeks that they are for real. They are contenders. And that's just because of what I've seen. But I can still also say there are some things that need to be cleaned up. Mm -hmm. um, defense. Defense, good. I think, it is solid. That's the defense side. They gave up eight points yesterday. Right. And two of those eight points were just a fluke right. because of where they are, and they just ran the ball. It just happened. Mm -hmm. They gave up that safety. It, that was kind of a fluke in my opinion. Yeah, then it, then they gave up that touchdown when it really didn't matter. Right. Um, and then they showed they backed it right up when they went for two. Pass got picked off. So I, I also agree right. with what a lot of people in the mainstream are saying that the Eagles are for real. I do believe that. Mm -hmm. um, I also am in agreement with a lot of the things that Jalen Hurts said when they talked to him early yesterday before I to that game, mm -hmm. where he said, now I'm in my second year 
in this same system. So I'm a lot more comfortable. He said he hadn't had that since his dad coached him in high school. And people, believe it or not, that means a lot. When you're in the same system, you learn that system. Now you're in that same system again. You got the keys, and it's up to you to work on what you do. And we've seen so far that he has worked on the things that he was criticized about last season. Right. The preparations, the leadership, Studying the, the accuracy, mm-hmm. the distance and the throwing right. of his arm. You know, the throwing pass. He's thrown a deep pass in yeah. every game so right. far. Right. So far. And every deep pass that he has thrown was pretty much on the money. Mm-hmm. Um, he's making a lot better decisions. There was a play yesterday where he rolled out. It looked like he might have been able to run and sneak and get a couple yards. Mm-hmm. Saw the defense in front of him. Slid. He slid. That's he good. lost a yard or two, but now he's playing smart football. Gotcha. Why am I going to get punished when all I see are opposite color jerseys in front of me? And now I'm a runner, so they can really hit me. Mm-hmm. Take this slide. I've also seen him, like I mentioned last week, throw the ball away. And like I said, last week, a couple of the ways he threw the ball away kind of disturbed me a little bit. But that was just the way he threw the ball away. Not because he threw the ball away in the manner that he threw it away. But, again, smarter decisions. Making better decisions at the quarterback position. Being able to see the field a lot better. And I see that he's seeing the field a lot better now than he has. And... That comes with putting the work in, the preparation, the maturity, and the comfortability in this system. Doesn't help. Well, it also helps that he's got the talent now. You know, in in reality, the Eagles have two number one receivers. Like Darius Slay likes to joke, he calls them the three Batmans. (laughs) You know, and it's legit. And I'm going to go through some of the stats in a minute from the Eagles game and the the Camaros game in a second. But you've got two guys that have showed you from week one on that either one of them can be a number one receiver. Third one is Quez Watkins. I know Smith and, of course, AJ. He says Quez Watkins. He says Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins is the fast one. Levante Smith. Smith, Smith, Dr. Smith is the fast one. No, the faster one is Quez Watkins. Okay. Devontae Smith, I forget which Batman he said he is, but he says the swole Batman mm-hmm. is A.J. Brown. So yeah. he says there's three Batmans. It's and they even went and bought a cake. And you see these guys are having fun <laughs> on the sideline. Right. But you see the camaraderie. You see how they're saying, okay, well, look, it's your day today. Get busy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my day. I had my day last week. Now it's your day. Get busy. Right. So, again, you look at, and and you begin to evaluate Jalen Hurts in this 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 new season. Right. You look at a lot of things that we talked about. He needed to work on, and right now, and again, we're still in week three. It's only week three. We still need to see them play some playoff teams. I told, I told somebody at my job that. Okay, they're, they're but I, I like I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, I think they're for real. The and again, like I mentioned, I thought that the Minnesota game would. Arguably have been the first test. That's what I thought. Apparently it wasn't. So you take that in stride. You come back. Everybody expected them to beat the Washington Commanders. We got Jacksonville at home next week. They're not for real. We know Doug Peterson. With that defensive line, the way they played 
against the Commanders or against a weak offensive line. I think they're going up against another weak offensive line. Mm-hmm. So, and a young quarterback with that defense. So, I think the defense will be fine. I don't fear Jacksonville's defense. I like our offense over Jacksonville's defense, mm-hmm. even though Doug Peterson players. was a coach. But it's a turnover now, yeah. so it's not the same skill position players right. that were here when he was here. So it is going to be a difference. He may be able to, and then again, he might not be able to because he was out of football when Sirianni came. True. So he's just got film on what he's got from last season, which was playoff season for the Eagles. And mm-hmm. then you got three games this season, which are a little bit different. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, there are things that are going on that you definitely need to pay attention to and I'm sure that they will pay attention to, but I don't think the Eagles will lose this game. So getting into what we talked about and how people peg this game as uh, looking to be an emotional game, mm-hmm. um, Let down. whatever kind of game you want to call it, you got Carson Wentz coming back. His first time playing against the Eagles, his first the team that drafted him number two overall in the NFL. He, he had a couple good years here, especially that 2017 year, but he was arguably MVP. on his way to being the MVP of the league. Yeah. Unfortunately, an injury came, he got hurt, yeah. and then things went downhill from there. Right. Um, so his first game back against Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. um, Looking at the passing comparison, Hurts on one side, 22 or 35 mm-hmm. for 340 yards, for 9.7 yards average, three touchdowns, no interceptions, was sacked three times for 12 yards. On the other side of the ball, Carson Wentz, 25 or 43, 211 yards, mm-hmm. 4.9 yard average. No touchdowns, no interceptions. But the biggest story, mm-hmm. or one of the biggest stories of yesterday's game, is the fact that he was sacked nine times for 58 hey, Dave, yards. Real quick, how many times Hurst got sacked? Three? Hurst got sacked three times. Okay. Carson Wentz got sacked nine, nine times, times. yesterday, which was a record. Nine times for 58 yards. Yeah. Even though it was three times, you know, they got to clean that up, though. I mean, I know the, I mean, Eagles, the Eagles sacked them nine times. Nine, yeah. nine is more than three. You know, I don't think – I only think one of those sacks was with him in the pocket. Um, you know, they count the sacks when the quarterback's moving around right, a little yeah. bit. So I think two of those sacks were, like, with him moving, trying to roll up, trying to escape. So I don't really Cover put sacks. that on – yeah, I don't really put that on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. I thought he didn't get sacked at all. Yeah, no. Um Hurts got sacked so, Rich, my guy, thanks for tuning in as always. Right. So, you look at the receiving um, stats from yesterday. And like I said, that they've got the their big three is what I took stats from. I copied down stats for the big three. Mm-hmm. And that big three is in the receiving department are essentially Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard. Those are the big three. Mm-hmm. The other guys have very significant roles, and they've been playing their roles very well. Mm-hmm. Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, definitely guys playing their roles. But on the receiving front yesterday, two weeks in a row, Devontae Smith was the stud of the receiving core. Mm-hmm. This week, 
yesterday. Targeted 12 times, 8 receptions for 169 yards, 21-yard average, one touchdown. His long play of the day was a 45-yarder. A.J. Brown was targeted 10 times, 5 receptions for 85 yards, 17-yard average, one touchdown. His longest pass or reception of the day was a 38-yard reception. Dallas Goddard targeted four times, three receptions, 26 yards, average of 8.7, also one touchdown, and his long was a 23 yards. On the other side, for Washington, their top performers, uh, Terry McLaurin targeted nine times with six receptions, Mm -hmm. uh, 102 yards, 17-yard average, as long as 45, no touchdowns. Samuel, uh, 10 targets, 7 receptions, 48 yards, 6.9 yard average. His long was 16. And Mr. McKissick targeted 9 times. Right. Um, targeted mm. 9 times, 6 receptions, 32 mm-hmm. yards, mm-hmm. Uh, 5.3 average, 0 touchdowns. His longest one was large. Um, let's see. Richard says... AJ and Smith seem to be unstoppable duo at the White House. Yes, Richard, they do um, appear to see to be unstoppable at the White House position. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And also, like I'm like I just mentioned uh, not that long ago, you, you in essence you have two number one receivers, mm-hmm. and they're playing like two number one receivers, right. which can be scary. Hmm. You know, it, it can be scary. Looking at the overall game and the overall team stats. Mm-hmm. Um, first downs as a team, the Eagles had 21, the mm-hmm. Commanders had 20. Okay. Passing first downs, the Eagles had 16, the Commanders had 11. Right. Uh, rushing, the Eagles had three, Commanders had five. Right. Um, I didn't write down the total rushing yards. I should have wrote that down. Yeah, like, penalties, um, on first down penalties, two for the Eagles, four. Mm-hmm. For the Commanders, third down efficiency. The Eagles were five of fifteen. The Commanders were six of seventeen. Fourth down. The Eagles were two of three. The Commanders were zero of two. Total yards of offense for each team. The Eagles whopping four hundred and two. Commanders only two hundred and forty. Mm-hmm. Red zone opportunities. The Eagles were fifty percent there. They were two of four, mm-hmm. and the Commanders were one of three. In the turnover department, the one fumble by Carson Wentz, no turnovers for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. So, you look at, like we said, you look at the Eagles, and now you look at the division, the NFC East. We kind of see what Washington is. Kind of. I don't understand why their offensive coordinator took so long mm-hmm. to go to quicker drops, three-step and five-step drops instead of those seven-step drops. Uh, let's see. Richard chimes in again. He says there are whole skill positions, RB, wide, receiver, and tight end. All of them can take over a game and score any time. Absolutely. Yeah, they can, Rich. That is absolutely true. But getting back to the Washington commanders and their, the commanders and their offensive coordinator, I don't understand why it took them so long to make that adjustment. This is what hurt them last week, and it hurt them again this week. 
but I don't know. I think we've seen what they are actually um, pretty much in a shell yesterday. On the other side, we get back to the Eagles. And again, like I said, I like what I see. I think that they will run away with the division. Yeah. But there are also some things that I see that, again, can be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. When you look at the overall box score, they scored 24 points in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. That was their total for the game. Although they did dominate that game pretty much throughout. Right. You kind of want to see them with the tar- with the talent that they have. You kind of want to see them do more as far as the scoring. Richard comes back. He says, Carson has a habit of holding on to the ball way too yeah. long. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Let's get all over here. Way too long. Trying to make a play instead mm-hmm. of getting rid of it and going to the next play. Yeah, absolutely. That's, again, Richard, that's a good comparison, a good point that you brought up. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that I mentioned that I like what I'm seeing um, currently in Jalen Hurts, where he is making better quarterback decisions with the ball. Right. He's getting rid of the ball when he needs to get rid of it. Um, if he needs to run or move, he's check moving. Down. Check downs. And he's getting rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Again, Carson Wentz is going through the same stuff he went through when he was here. Even yeah, he when he was going through, he even when he was going through that potential MVP season, right. he still... Holds the ball too long. It, it shows. It showed um, in Indianapolis. It shows now in Washington. Um, yes, Hurts is playing within himself. Um, gets rid of it and doesn't really take bad sacks. Absolutely, this is all stuff that I just also mentioned um, a little earlier too, Rich. I'm glad you timed in with that. Um, and you know, it says a lot about Carson Wentz, like, we can backtrack and go to when the whole fiasco was going on, the saga about him wanting to be traded, the Eagles trying to find a trade. And a lot of things that I said about him at that time, what I saw on the field was the fact that he was making mistakes that that particular year quarterback should not make if you are expecting or if you are planning to be the franchise quarterback of an organization. Hasn't cleaned it up much. I also went further and I said that he finally got his trade from the Philadelphia Eagles. He went to Indianapolis. A lot of people were already on the bandwagon once again. Oh, he's back with his old offensive coordinator. Watch what he does with this team and this and whatever. Watch what he does now. He's going to be better. He's going to have a better season. Started out looking pretty good. But he got to the game against the Jaguars, mind you. And this is before the, the the emergence of Doug Peterson. Before you saw what you saw from Jacksonville yesterday, it was the Jacksonville that we've known for a long time last year. Mm-hmm. Couldn't beat them to get into the playoffs. And then the coach that lobbied for you to get you to Indy went hush mouth on you mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Was asked about, potential starting quarterback or would there be a change in quarterback did not give a response did not back Carson Wentz up ultimately he was traded to the Washington Commanders right. <laughs> and now we see um, so now you got to play the Eagles twice a year right. so you played them down there first which we saw what happened mm-hmm. so if that was the case and you know how Eagles fans travel you mm-hmm. heard the noise if you watched the game yesterday you heard the noise you heard the Eagles fans down there imagine what it's going to be like when Washington comes up here and plays in the link when it's all Eagles fans, 
It might be a few Washington fans sprinkled in, True. but they don't travel like Eagles fans. So the Eagles are not going to let somebody come and take over their stadium. True. They're going to take over their own stadium. So imagine how it's going to be, how loud it's going to be. Imagine the atmosphere of that game when they come here. And on top of mm-hmm. knowing what they did to them in the first game. Right. So it's probably going to be 20 bus loads of fans went down yesterday. Absolutely. Like I said, Rich, you're right. Eagles fans travel in droves, and they take over stadiums. That's what they do. That's what Eagles fans do. So, again, but like I said, you've got to be able to score some more points um, in that second half of the game. They didn't score any points in the second half of the game yesterday. Again, like I said, but you got away with it because of the way you dominated on both sides of the ball. Did you score no points in the second half? No, it just didn't. It just didn't matriculate into you getting some points in that second half, but you still did. Right, that's what I'm saying. You you got to be able, you got to be able to score some points in that second half. Although you are dominating, you got to continue to dominate. You got to see it all the way through and completely dominate and get some points there. Um, so I think you know. I mean, they'll, they'll look at it. They'll see it. And they'll you know they'll 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 get it together. Yeah, they'll get it together. And they'll be able to score some points. Right. Um, but I see that the game planning is what you want to see out of winning teams. Late in that game, they ran the ball. They didn't throw it unless they had to, right. but they ran the ball. Right. And they can run the ball. So you're seeing them, the Eagles team and coaching staff, right. pick up traits mm-hmm. of winning teams because they want to be a winning team. Right. right now, three games in, they are a winning team. Right. So they're picking up the traits. Like I said, Still some things that need to be cleaned up. Right. But three weeks in, I'm sure some of those things will get cleaned up. Right. Especially since the Eagles have an early bye week, which I don't really like. But you got Jacksonville coming up, you know, and we'll see what happens. You know, can't take anybody for granted. No. Um, they put up 38 points yesterday, so you cannot take anyone for granted Jacksonville. at yeah. all. Yes. yes. Anybody, definitely, any given Sunday. definitely cannot take anybody for granted. So, um, let's see. Richard says, I think the problem was they took the foot off the gas pedal and knew the commanders weren't going to mount a comeback. But against good teams, you need to put them away and don't let up. Yeah, absolutely, Rich. Like I said, you got to figure out a way to get some points down. Even if you got to kick field goals when you're already up 24 or whatever, you got to put points on the board. You have to extend that lead. Um. And that's what winning teams do. And I'm not necessarily saying that the scores have to be like college football scores. But, like Richard also just said, mm-hmm. you got to keep your foot on the pedal. Right. You can't let up. Sure. You can't let up. you got to keep your foot on the pedal. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about the last game of the night. Mm-hmm. Frank is here. Oh, boy. And we're going to talk a little bit of 49ers, Denver Broncos. Somewhat of a snooze fest. <laughs> Not a really good game. Defensive um, you can argue that it was a defensive game on one side, really. You look at Denver first. Let's look at Denver first. Mm-hmm. The acquisition of Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Sorry. The expectations of what could be, 
have not proven to be so far. I, um, ironically, just walking past the TV at one point, just blurted out, damn, maybe he should have stayed in Seattle. Right. Uh, you might be right. It's, it's not... Let's ride. <laughs> it's not looking good right now. Let's see, Richard says, wow, that was hard to watch. I've seen better high school games. I think the QB played... Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that, Rich, so, so stay tuned. I'm on Russell Westbrook, right? I mean, I keep saying Westbrook. I'm on Russell Wilson right now. Um, that was not what I can say I'm accustomed to right. from Russell Wilson. It's not what I expected. Right. Um, I don't... I can't figure out what it is. Um, I could very easily today sit here and say that it was Russell Wilson, or I could very easily say it was the offensive coordinator. And in my opinion, for me right now, I would definitely be swinging more towards the offensive coordinator. I, I I just don't. His system's not working, or he's not learning the system. He, like when we talked about, I think it was last year or maybe a couple years ago, we talked about coaches and players and systems and all that kind of jazz. West Coast offense. We, we talked about it in depth, but one of the things um, I see, let me see, let me get you this real quick. Uh, Richard says Wilson looks shot. He was missing throws. He looks slow. He also says, uh, let's see. Jimmy G was erratic, missed Debo and, and Ayuk multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Yes, uh, We're going to talk about Jimmy G in a yeah, second. But it, it, <laughs> it's like I don't think that system right. fits that's so currently right. in Denver yeah, fits is so. working. I won't say fit because I don't like to use the word fit. Because I feel like if you got an athlete, and I also feel like, and this is just me from being a coach and a player, right. I feel like the coach has to do the best to accommodate his players. Like I said to you two few years ago when I told you I'm not sold on Jimmy G, but right. he had a decent year that year they went to the Super Bowl. Right. And I agree with you in what I said and what you said where Shanahan made it yeah. feasible for him. Yeah. And I think that's what a coach is supposed to do, yeah. regardless open, of open. how I think about the player or whatever. Open I up. think that's what a coach is supposed to do. Right. Put you put – you adjust your system – to the skill set of your player. That's right. how I feel. Right. I don't feel like right now that's what's going on in Denver. Right. I don't feel, uh, Richard says, good coaches adapt to the QB. Sirianni did that with Jalen last year and this year. Absolutely. Right. And you see the difference, Rich. You definitely see the difference. True. Like, Russell Wilson is not looking like the Russell Wilson that we're used to, that we're accustomed to. Asian got nothing to do with it. He's too good of a quarterback not to make plays. To be looking like he's looking. And I can't say now I can't say yeah, he's not making the plays, but again, like I said, I'm kind of on the fence. So, I'll go there and stay there and I'll say mm-hmm. he's not he again. He, I'm sorry. He's too good of a quarterback right. to be looking the way he's playing looking like he's right playing now, playing, playing the way he's playing right now. I don't know how it's happening because mm-hmm. you've got Jerry Judy, 
Kurt you got the kid Dalton. And then you got Melvin Gordon and the other running back. So you got the skill set at the position at the skill positions that you need. And you got Russell Wilson at quarterback. Right. Okay. So so you have the skill set, if yeah. you will. I don't understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um Denver only threw two deep balls all night. One to Judy, one to Sutton. All right, the kid's name is Sutton, Sutton. and I'm sorry. Sutton, Thanks, Rich. Yeah. One to Sutton is not enough. Absolutely, it's not enough. He throws a good deep ball. It is definitely not enough. Again, I don't understand what the offensive coordinator is doing right. with the quarterback that he has. Right. It's not – right now, it's not working. Mm-hmm. And we saw that the last two weeks – coming from Denver. Actually, we saw it all three weeks. Because if you go back, week one wasn't all the greatest either. No, it wasn't. Week two... He got a little better, but... Week two, you saw some things that... You saw some possibilities. Some things that could be. But then you get back... You get to week three, and then you go back to week one, and it's like a worse week one. You think it's the teams that's probably a little more better than Denver? No. In the beginning, I thought, I thought I, I had him coming out it's, being it's something, a team. It's something there. He's not just he's not digesting the uh, system. It's something team. missing. I won't say it's something there. He said, it's something missing. He said he didn't play that much in the preseason. And and at this point, I can't even fit that into the argument or the debate. He didn't play that much right, in right, preseason. Right. He's a pro. He's a pro. He's but a again, Peyton Manning. Russell is too good of a quarterback right. to, to look the way he's looking True. right now. True. Like, he got Seattle to the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying just him per Second se, year. but they went to the Super Bowl twice. Yeah. yeah. For a long time, they were what I called the yeah. San Antonio Spurs of the NFL. They but they were always in the mix. They, and that was a lot of was. times it was more so because of the defense, but right. they were always usually always in the mix. Um let's see. Yeah, because he can extend plays in so many different ways. Richard said Drop back ten yards deep. Especially where was the screens? 49ers were rushing, never showed them down at all, never slowed them down at all. Javante should have been used with the screens. Yeah, um, yeah, Rich. You know, it's. I don't understand what it is in Denver. Like, you've got an All-Pro quarterback. All-World. You got a Pro Bowl quarterback. You got a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Two times, really. Should be, but that's enough. And your offense. I don't know what the communication is, what the what the leeway is with Russell being able to take control. But right now, it ain't working. It, it ain't working. Big contract, too. Yeah, it, I'm just keep it and say it again. It ain't working. <laughs> That's all I can say. It ain't working right G-G now. Ain't no better. <laughs> and they gotta fix it soon. Because if they don't fix it soon, they're like one and two right now. It's gonna be a long season. All that money. It's gonna right. be a long season. Now I don't know if something's gonna happen where the new head coach. Is going to have to get to a point and realize that maybe he needs to relinquish play calling. Mm. Mm. We don't know. We will soon see. Mm-hmm. But we don't quite know yet. Um, in three games, Denver has three TDs total. 
for the offense, the OC needs to change it up or be replaced. Absolutely. I, I agree. So that's where we are with the one side of that game. We move to the other side. And since we're talking about quarterbacks, we're going to stay with the quarterback position. Excuse me one second. We are going to stay with the quarterback. And we're going to get to Jimmy G. I am staying on my, standing on my guns like I always do. I stick to my word. I'm not going to shy away from it. And I will give credit where credit is due if players or things happen to change my thought process. Right. I'll do that. Frank can sit here in the test. He would tell you that. Right. I do it all the time. I may say one thing about a person. If they, if they change my view, I definitely acknowledge that they have changed my view. Okay. You became a good player. Yeah. I have always not been sold, completely sold, let's right. say, on Jimmy G. Like I am not completely, still not completely sold on Jared Goff. <laughs> okay. You're correct. But that's a different story. We can right. talk about Jared Goff later on in another day or whatever. But the Jimmy G issue, um, I said to Frank when they first got him, I said, uh, I feel like it's a stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like he wasn't the guy. First season, wasn't all that good. Kind of proved me right. Kind of proved me right. But then he comes back. And they end up getting to the Super Bowl. And then they end up getting back to the NFC Championship game last year. So, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. When that happened, like I just mentioned to you, I said to Frank, Mm -hmm. I said, look, I I give Jimmy G the credit. He did what he was supposed to do. And I said, I also applaud Shanahan because Shanahan did what he was supposed to do as a coach and made things manageable. Yep. For Jimmy G, I'm not gonna say easy because yeah. it should have been, you know, this is never going to say. I can't, I can't, I would never say yeah. that at that level, the pro level, to anything is just necessarily easy, yeah, unless tough. not in football, rather. Right. In some sports, you can get away with it, but in football, I can't really go on to win and say right. it's easy. It's the high but again, like I said, I did give the credit where credit is due. Right. But last night. Proved to me that he needs to be out of Kind of put a stalemate on everything that was going on up until right before kickoff yesterday. So backtrack to give you the storyline of what I'm talking about. Before I get into that, let's see what Richard says. Richard says, Jimmy G with a great running game can manage a game, but he can't carry a team in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the running game, he carried carried them with that with that defense. All he had to do was get it to Debo or George Kittle, right? right. So, where was I going? Um, oh, with all Jimmy to, G. To the game, all the way up to the game yesterday to right before kickoff. Right. There was the talk, and it was the proper trade. talk, trade. not the trade, okay. but it was the proper talk. Maybe now. The 49ers are still in a good position with Jimmy G coming in having to fill in for Trey Lance. That's what I was talking right? about discussing last week. And then they talked about the trade right. where the surgery kind of pushed people off it from helped. the trade. Right, right. So in the essence, it kind of helped the 49ers. Is the talk. 
And they said teams are regretting not getting them. But teams were regretting maybe maybe we should have because of last week's fill-in time. Right, right. So now we get to this week, and it's the full start game. Right. First drive looked like a continuation from last week. As the game progressed, Mm -hmm. you saw more and more of the Jimmy G, I'm going to say, in that first season in San Fran when it wasn't that good. He didn't play all that well. That's what I think or I felt like watching Mm -hmm. yesterday is kind of what he got back to. The missed throws, like Richard also mentioned, are again how I feel, my opinions and my thoughts only. Right. Mistakes, misses that quarterbacks with Jimmy G's tenure should not miss. He's not and people can argue and say, well, he's only been a consistent player or starter for two, three, four years. No, okay. No. That that's he been there long enough. You can't completely gauge it on that. Like, I can give you a wedge with that, but again, right. Nine seasons in, even if you don't play or haven't played a lot or a tremendous amount, you still should be able to make a lot of those simple throws that he missed yesterday. It got you caught up with your NFL talk a little while ago. Mm -hmm. A little pretty, some good conversation, some good dialogue. You know, again, like we said, it is very early, so we got a long season to get through. So I'm sure we're going to talk a lot of ups and downs and upsets and things that way if the season is going to hold anyway to the way it is um, right now. So right now, the next thing I want to um, get to is um, I want to talk to you about the Robert Sarver situation. Um, like I said, I brought that to you. Uh, last week, I believe it was, maybe last week. Um, I, I posted it and everything as well, mm-hmm. and it's gotten to the point where, in between, like I mentioned to you, there were NBA players association executives who felt like he should be dismissed as opposed to suspended for a year. Like, let's just backtrack a little bit. The initial um fine that came down was a suspension for a year right. and a fine of ten million dollars. Now we've updated, and he is now being um, not, I won't necessarily say forced, but he's being encouraged mm-hmm. to sell the franchises. And that came from a lot of heat where people comp- tried to compare the situation to the old L.A. Clippers owner um, in that situation. And what I said was there were different pieces to that L.A. Clippers situation where we don't know if they were very if there were similar pieces in this Robert Sarver situation. But people have spoken out on Robert Sarver and it is what it is. He's now being um right. urged to sell the teams and he's in agreement he will be selling the teams. Um as recently as this morning we had Steph Curry chime in and say that um he feels that this decision was the right decision to have him sell the teams. Um, And, you know, like we said, the things that played out in this conversation that we talked about last week, the issues, you know how I felt about them. I told you how I felt about them. They have no place 
in that particular realm where, like the um, executive from the NBA Players Association mentioned, the league is 70% black and you made these <laughs> racist comments. Right. How does that stand? So, you know, again, he is now selling the teams. Um, it's a couple billion for the teams, you know, good, good, rich money. Um, you know, it is, it's going on there. And, and, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, again, like I said, I, I could be very biased in it, so I'm not going to go into a whole lot more detail about it. But it is what it is. And like we said, the bottom line is a lot of people are in agreement with this right. ultimatum now that he will be selling the teams. So we move along, and you know the most recent news around the NBA. Celtics coach Ime Udoka, former Sixers assistant, former Spurs assistant, has been suspended by the Boston Celtics for the entire year. What they're telling us is that the situation was it was um, violation of organizations guidelines so basically what that means is what I mentioned to people when I first posted it people asked me about it and I did comment one time and I said to some people I said a lot of times people don't realize it's fans on the outside looking in they don't understand or realize that a lot of these teams have stipulations within the rules and regulations and policies of their organization right. where you can't fraternize with coworkers. You can't date coworkers or, or things yeah. of that nature. Coach Stan, thanks for tuning in. Richard Drummond is back with us. So, like I always say with a lot of these stories that I bring to you of this nature or on the lines of this kind of nature, right. we'll only get what the organization will give us yeah, as far as releasing it to the media. Yeah. So we can speculate, we can assume, we can do all this other stuff. Know you know, everything. we'll all have our opinions, but we're not going to know every itemized detail. Yeah, just chalk that up. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to know every detail. They're going to give us, because the stories are, they have to give us something. So they're going to give us just enough for us to talk about it and for us, like I'm doing right now, to analyze and come up with our own interpretations. Just real quick, though, one of the things I want to say about this story, or I want to, is an outside link to this story, where when it first broke, and I give this guy a lot of kudos for what he did and how he handled it, and I'm referring to Matt Barnes. Um, Matt Barnes is also a former NBA player who's now in the media member is media facet as a podcaster and does stuff on ESPN and other channels and whatnot, whatever. He brought the he got wind of the situation. He talked about it initially, his thoughts initially, but shortly after his initial thoughts, he got some insight because he's connected to the league and connected to some other people. He got some insight on what actually went down. A little bit more detail than was given to the basic mainstream media. And then he went back on his live and he went back and he not so much retracted, but he corrected his statements and he said, look, what I found out 
makes me look at this whole thing entirely differently. I respect that. I applaud that because there's not many media members, former players or whoever, who would do that openly without being prompted. Okay? So he did it on his own. I said he went one way when he heard the story, like all of us are doing, like I'm doing right now, like I posted and said some things or whatever, but I'm analyzing right now. But it was brought to his attention after the fact that some things that he's that were allegedly there's some things that, that allegedly had taken place in this issue were a little different than what he thought, and it kind of changed. So that's kind of like me. He's I hear sure. things initially, I analyze them, and then sometimes with some people I know, I may get some information, or I may just do a little bit more digging, Research. and then I find out, oh, okay, maybe I need to look at this a little bit differently. So, again, getting back to the main point. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We got a comment here. And this is Richard. Richard says, media members never retract what they say. Most of the time, they double down on it, what they said. Yeah, Rich, like I said, he did. Like I said, I, I mean, I was going that way, but I know he didn't retract what he said. Mm-hmm. But what he said was he changed his thought process after he got information. And that's kind of like what I do. But again, when I do that, I also tell you, look, I thought this way today, Thursday, got more information and I feel this way now but I make sure I tell you that and I make sure I go back right. and I give you the back line from where I was and everything so again this story like I said there was allegedly what we're getting is this um <laughs> yeah rich mm-hmm. no he said yeah I give Barnes credit too yeah like I said that's why I give him all the credit for that as well uh what is being said is that there were some unwanted comments made towards a female staffer. Right. When all the beginning, when you go through the timeline of this story, now that it's come out, um, officials in the Boston Celtics front office are saying that they were led to believe that this alleged relationship was consensual, when apparently it wasn't. Um... Udoka has since issued an apology to the Boston fans and things of that nature. Um, Neil Long, like I mentioned in the opening, has initially now put out a statement. But what we say is, mm-hmm. now, to backtrack in the timeline, it says that the organization became aware, of this or- became aware of this particular relationship in July. And again, like I just mentioned, they were led to believe that the relationship was consensual. But recently, the woman has said that Udoka has made unwanted comments toward her, prompting the team to launch an internal, to launch a set of internal interviews. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris Scott, my guy, thanks for tuning in. They released a statement. It was um, he's suspension due to a violation of team policies effective immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Udoka's apology was this and I quote I want to apologize to our players fans and entire Celtics organization and my family for letting them down Mm -hmm. I am sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation and I accept the team's decision out of respect for everyone involved I will have no further comment Mm -hmm. Um, there's no definite word yet on 
how this will play into his future um, as the coach. But we do know that he is suspended for this upcoming season. So <laughs> this kind of changes. Um, or it puts a speed bump in the outlook of the Boston Celtics. Because you look at a team that just made a finals run, made some moves to improve the roster. Now your coach is gone. You've got to learn a new system. And we're already at September 26th. Training camp starts in about a week. Uh, Richard comes back again. The problem is on this day, in this day and age, with social media before the whole story and investigation gets out, everyone wants to be the first with the hot take. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Rich. And, and I think when you have these kinds of stories, like you said, Rich, everyone wants to get it out first. But again, like I consistently mention here on the Sports Red Podcast, we're only going to get what they want to give us. Right. It's the same thing. Like it, it's this. It, it's very similar to when teams, pro teams, have to report injuries about they, players. They lie. They. they don't tell I'm the not truth. going to necessarily say that they lie. They don't tell the truth. I'm going to say that they stay within the guidelines and the provisions and the policies of the NFL or whatever sport where they have to give a report and it has to be some type of injury. Can't just say, oh, well, we rested him today and tomorrow. You know, even when they do that, Mm -hmm. they say, oh, um, a rest, um, his back, a rest, this, or whatever, some type where they say an illness, you know, but they have to give you something. So they give you what they give you. And it's the same thing in these types of situations. They give you what they want to give you. And like I said, we'll never know mm-hmm. the deep down, dirty, insightful facts of the story. We'll never know. Okay, he's suspended now. Uh, but from what I, I get and everything that I've read, you know, like I said, they were led to believe that this was consensual. This relationship was consensual. Yes, married, okay. Um, no, he was dating Nia Long. They've been engaged, I think, for like seven years now. He was dating Nia Long? And they have a child together. Yeah, and that was one of the first things that a lot of people said. It was like, yo, like, dude, you you don't cheat on Nia Long. I didn't know that. It's like, yo, dude, how do you cheat on Nia Long? My my buddy from Atlanta, he's from North Philly, he said it was two. I thought it was one. It was two. Well, I don't know about the two. Yeah, he just told me. You know, but again, now, now, like, it could have been... All peachy, all rosy in the beginning, in the early stages. Of you course. know, people know that. You adults, you know when you're dating. Right. Things happen to, or appear to be all peachy and rosy. Mm-hmm. And you progress. Right. And as you progress, people start to begin. People begin to show you their true colors. Right. So what they're saying is that he made these unwanted comments. Maybe. And I'm just going on based on what I've heard, what I've read, and giving you my interpretation. I'm not necessarily saying that this is exactly what happened because I don't know. And I probably will never know what exactly happened or what exactly was said. But in my opinion, what I'm thinking is he got extremely comfortable within the relationship. Mm -hmm. It got to a point where he might have said some things jokingly 
she might have laughed him off or they might have laughed him off together. Mm-hmm. Took it for granted, not taking it seriously. And then he got to the point where he felt, oh, okay, well, that's how you feel, looking from his perspective. And then he probably said something, and she was like, no, dude, that ain't, no, that ain't this. Your your interpretation and my interpretation are totally different. Mm -hmm. And what you just said is A, B, and C. That's my thought process. Like I said, I'll never know, but I said, but that's what they're giving us, Mm -hmm. that there were some unwanted comments. Right. And we'll never know the extent of those unwanted comments. Right. We don't know if they were sexual, if they were racial, whatever. Right. But allegedly, that's what happened. There were some unwanted comments. And like I said, I gave you my interpretation. And I gave you that interpretation because of what I read and what I took from the article that there was a relationship, mm-hmm. apparently, um, and it was believed in within the organization that mm-hmm. it was consensual. Right. But now this happens. So again, like I said, when they give you the information or the line that unwanted comments, you can go a different way. Right. You can go this way. You can go that way. You can go straight. You can go forward. You can go left. You can go right. Whatever way you want to go, there's a lot of ways you can go. And I just told you my way, what I right. felt like could have happened and I did that based on what was said like I said they thought it was a relationship Mm -hmm. an alleged relationship it was alleged consensual and then now for sakes of what I said making it simpler for everybody that's want to talk and this that and the third whatever let's make it simple let's keep it a hundred he got out of pocket arguably and said something that she really didn't like. That's what they And did. she was like, no, this, this ain't how this is going down. Right. So now, we're going to do this. This is, what, this is where I'm going with it. Right. Get you and then truck. it um, and it depends on, you know, because it also leads me to believe that deep down inside, they knew they were doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And you can also kind of look at it like, okay, we was doing something wrong anyway. Right. But now you do this. Oh no, I'm getting this what, off of me. I'm getting this off of me. You know, so the right. chick probably come like, look, I'm getting this off of me. Even right. though, like I said, even though we deep both know we was wrong in this, I'm getting it off of me. And you right. said said you said something, you crossed the line that shouldn't have been crossed, and now right. we're gonna handle it my way. Right. So but you know, it it's it's more information that's gonna come out, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, because it's probably still an investigation. Like I said, it's the second one. Um, the second one. He is, like I said, he's suspended. So, uh, sure, excuse me, I'm sure we'll hear some more about this uh, right. story somewhere down the line mm-hmm. at some point. And it may be good, it may be bad. may get more information as worse. to what was said. Yeah. So, we'll see. But again, as always, sports rap, myself, I will keep my ears to the story, to the street. And report to you back what I get. So... Second thing, or the next thing I want to get to, and this is going to take us out. Um, everybody was all in a tizzy somewhat about Aime Udoka for different reasons, of course. Mm-hmm. But people have also been saying ESPN is covering that story like breaking news, <laughs> world news. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's a story that's come out, basketball season getting ready to start. It's a scandal, if you will, or it could become a scandal, right. allegedly. So they're covering it. But one of the stories that they're not covering is the 
fraud coming from Mr. Brett Favre. <laughs> this is what we get when we talk about that. <laughs> So, we're going to get to the Brett Favre situation in just a second. Last thing Richard says, he says the whole thing is Celtics now have to figure out who runs the team. I heard the assistant coach will, but they run the same system with new players being added. So, again, yeah, Rich, that's a good question. I don't know how much of the system is going to change. I don't know whether it will change. And again, like you said, yes, there are new players coming in. So we'll see what happens with that situation. But getting back to the other situation, the Brett, Brett Favre situation. If you have not heard, Brett Favre is on the hook for his participation in fraud and embezzlement scheme in which $77 million was funneled away from a program for needy families into the other ventures and the biggest it is the biggest public fraud case in the state's history. This is the state of Mississippi. That's where he's from. Yeah, that's where he's from. So what goes on here is, and right. just to give it to you in a nutshell, Brett Favre got in with some politicians, a former, also a former University of Mississippi graduate, uh, or Mississippi State, whatever school it was they yeah. went to, uh, oh, former oh, gov, yes. former Mississippi governor Phil Bryant. Um, they got together and Brett Favre wanted to get this Brett Favre wanted to get this money to build a volleyball gym, a volleyball stadium for the school, for the school, in which his daughter plays volleyball. Um they went through this scandal and the money that they got came from a nonprofit organization. Right. People were paid to hide money. People have since been arrested. Brett Favre has not been arrested as of yet. Brett Favre ha has um, been on the hook to pay some of this money back to Mississippi, to the State Department of Human Services. Mm -hmm. Still owes about $228,000, uh, mm -hmm. but he has, begin to, he has begun to pay some of that money back. But here's the thing. You know, we, we heavily talk about I'm a Udoka situation. We've talked about other situations, but now we have Brett Favre, who embezzled money, who essentially took money from state. the less fortunate members of the state of Mississippi. Mm. It was Department of Human Services. It was non-profit. There was an organization called TAMF, Tem Temporary Assistant for Needy Families, which is where this money came from. Mm. Uh, Richard says, I'm sorry he was a great QB, but as a person, just a horrible human being, mm. <laughs> with the penis picks to this to now this money for welfare, using it for a field, taking that money for a speaking engagement he never spoke at. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was another part of it um, as far as the funding. Mm -hmm. He took money. He was paid for speaking engagements that he did not um, adhere to. He also tried to up, up the ante and get more money for a indoor practice football facility yeah, when he was in the process of trying to recruit uh, Deion Sanders' son, Shador yeah, Jackson, to come and play for the University of Mississippi. But he didn't go there. He went with his dad to Jackson State. Yeah. But again, like, no one really wanted to talk about this story. Like, you didn't hear about it. You might have caught it um, if you were scrolling through the news and you looked at, like, Green Bay Packers stuff or things like that, and it pops up. But nobody, 
mainstream media was like really talking about it. And like this is a big time fraud. You know, um, like I said, people have been arrested. People cop pleas to get lesser jail time. Um, the governor in this situation denied things in the very beginning. Then he found out about the heat that was coming down. He quit to get himself away from the situation. But in him quitting, as he was away from the situation, he took money from this pharmaceutical uh, company that was in the mix from the very beginning. Once, further in that timeline, once people began to get indicted and get arrested and go to jail, he then disassociated himself with that company and stopped taking the money. After he was out of a job, like I said, he, he lost his job as the governor, and he went to this com- back to this company that he was in bed with from the very beginning. Right. He was taking pay from them. Once the heat got on even hotter, people were going to jail and everything like that. Then he disassociated himself with that company as well. Um, Nate Phillips, thanks for tuning in. Um, Richard says, this was buried for years and only was investigated when it was brought up to the DA. That wasn't fair. That wasn't a fan of far. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because um, I looked at this and I looked back at the timeline. And this is like what I got. I got the timeline for it. And I just briefly ran through it for you. It goes back to 2017. And I'm just going to give you the bullet points of um, this whole situation in this timeline. It says in July 2017, this is when Farr first meets with officials about funding a volleyball facility for southern Mississippi. August of 2017, there were texts that became unearthed. Earth suggests that Farr knew this could be bad pub this could be bad publicity. Mm-hmm. October of seventeen, funding for the volleyball facility begins begins using federal dollars. Twenty eighteen in June, construction on the facility begins. Wow. Okay. November of twenty eighteen, Farb advises biomedical startup executive to reach out to Governor Bryant. In January of twenty nineteen, Farve looks for more funding and strikes a deal with Nancy New of Provacus, another firm that was in the mix that ended up giving up 750000 uh, close to a million, 1.7 million to be exact. June of 2019, John Davis retires as Director of Human Services, forced out behind the scenes. So there was a force out. This is what I was telling you. Summer in 2019, the volleyball facility, still a topic in text messages. September of 2019, the new and MCEC given more money shortly after meeting with Farr. So they listened to Farr, and then this lady knew. So Farr, Brian, and Freeze, they met, and they got more money. In November of 2019, a new governor is elected. Um, in January of 2020, Farr was identified as a driving force behind the volleyball venue, and Bryant seemingly prepared to invest in Provacus. Right. February of 2020, state auditor announces changes of charges of conspiracy. Mm-hmm. First half of 2020, the focus was on Farr. Focus on Farr accelerates. October 2021, Farr repays money to the state of Mississippi. April of 2022, Zach and Nancy New reached plea agreements, turning over phone records. Uh, let's see. Richard says, and this money was allocated for underprivileged kids. That is the sad part. He is just a scumbag, and trying to say that say he didn't know where the money was coming from is just a liar. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, and May 2022, he was sued by the state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. In July of this year, attorney fired after digging into involvement of USM, Favre, and Bryant. So they were still trying to cover this up. Um, an attorney came in. His name was Brad Piggott. Mm-hmm. He sent out an email. They alleged that he did not follow company protocol, and they fired him behind the scene because he sent out a subpoena against the USM Athletic Foundation for communication with several key players, including Bryant and Favre. Um, what was that? What was that? Name? He should face jail time for fraud and pay back all the money. That, yeah, but he still owes him about two hundred twenty twenty-eight thousand. Rich. Um, let's see right. where were we in September, twenty twenty-two. Text unearthed providing insight into Far's communication with officials. So, it's a long story. There, it is what it is. You know, um, I don't know what's gonna happen with him. Like I said, he still owes them money, mm-hmm. but it's just something that should have been brought to the forefront and it wasn't and I felt some type of way about that only because of where the money for these facilities came from how he took money for speaking engagements that he did not actually appear at right. and all this money went to the school underhandedly where people tried to hide it and then when it came out people started running for the hills and copping please right. so that's that well, folks Monday night baseball Schedule. Reds and the Pirates, the Braves and the Nationals, mm-hmm. Yankees, Blue Jays, Orioles, Red Sox. We move on to right. our week four NFL schedule. As you know, like we said, week three concludes tonight. The Dallas Cowboys are in New York, in New Jersey to face off the against Giants the, the Giants. So, moving on. Um, and again, we got another Thursday night game. Like I said, this is the short week for me at work. This is my week to be at the Drake this Thursday. Right. But we'll get you prepped for the game. Unfortunately, we probably won't be able to watch the game because NFL is doing some crazy nonsense and they're putting all these Thursday games exclusively on yeah. Amazon Prime. So if you got Amazon got Prime, you're right. good. If it. you don't, you better find somebody that's got it and get with them and watch the phone, game. Right? So Thursday, the Dolphins at the Bengals. I got it. I like Miami, you know. Um, I still, like I said, uh, Cincinnati got a win yesterday. They're at home, but their offensive line is still not up to par. I don't know. I still like Miami. They just got the weapons there. And it's just something going on. Maybe it's still that hangover of the Super Bowl uh, for the Bengals. Uh, Moving into next Sunday, October the 2nd. I think the Saints going to win. I'm going with Minnesota. The Vikings over the Saints. Yeah, the Saints. Going with the Browns over the Falcons. I got Atlanta. I'm going to go with the Cowboys, the Commanders, I'm sorry, over the Cowboys. I got the Reds. I'm going to go the with Commanders. the Lions over the Seahawks. Yep, me too. The Titans over the Colts. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is the, this I'm going to go Giants them. over the Bears. I got the beard. Eagles over the Jags. Yep, I got the Eagles. Surprisingly, everything I said about the Steelers, I still realize who the Jets are. Yep. So I'm going to go with the Steelers over the Jets. In the middle of this, Richard comes back and he says, this is bull for Thursday on Prime. Absolutely, Rich. I don't know what they're Like I said, I know last year when they did it, they kind of did it and set them up. 
But what, what last year when they did it, they set it up where you could either watch it on Prime, or no, you could watch it on Prime, or there was like NFL Network or something yeah, else. Yeah, this right. year it's like exclusively on yeah. Prime, so it's like they're gonna lose a lot of fan base for these Thursday night games because yeah. some of these Thursday night games are yeah. really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, game, the right? Bills and the Ravens, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go with the Bills. I, I got Chargers and the Texans. I'm going with the Chargers. Chargers. Cardinals, Panthers. Chargers. I like the Cardinals on the road. I like Green Bay at home over the Patriots. Uh, Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, pick them. Uh, pick them here. Raiders and the Broncos. Mm. I got the Raiders. They got to win. If they lose this game, that's You know what? I'm going to go with the Broncos. Even though I don't like what they're doing as far as the offense, I'm still going to go with the Broncos Judy because I still it. think Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Derek Carr for three the Chiefs years. and the Bucks. I think the Chiefs will bounce back yeah. and beat the Bucks. The next Monday, the Rams and the 49ers. I'm going with the Rams in that game yeah. there. So, folks, um, you know what it is. I'm glad. Thanks to everybody that tuned in. Yeah. Richard Drummond, Nate Phillips, uh, Stan Groovy Laws, everybody else, Cousin Cookie, uh, everybody that tuned in in the first right. segment, everybody that tuned in in the second segment, we appreciate you all, as always. Listen, folks, this Thursday, Drake Tavern, mm-hmm. about 6, 6.30 p.m., come on out, drinks and sports. As we say, you can come hang, talk to us, see us in person as you always see us on your screens right. each and every Monday. Thank you, Rich. Uh, appreciate your input as well. Or who was that that said great show? Right. Let me check. Yes, Richard, thanks for your input as always. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk soon. Like I said, this Thursday, about 6, 6.30 p.m. kickoff, right. uh, Drake Tavern will be on location. Also, you can catch me every Monday right here. Um, Heat 100 Radio, you, like I said, um, you can get the links in the group descriptions. The group, Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast, LLC. Right. You can get me on Instagram and Twitter, at Sports Rap underscore D. You can also check the webpage, SportsRapRadio.com. You can get YouTube, Sports Rap TV, and get over there. And you can get Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google Podcasts, and get this audio and most of your podcast outlets. Folks, thank you all. As always, for tuning in. Um, Enjoy the game tonight, and we will recap that. Talk to you. Week 4 schedule will go up on the page Mm -hmm. uh, probably tomorrow, Wednesday at the latest. And remember, when you get in on this, like Baldy posted it last week as well, there may be a prize at the end. Haven't had anybody chime in with their picks yet. But if you check our history, we have had people win, and we have provided them with the gift cards or whatever prizes we had. So, Starting this week, week four, if you want to get involved and you see the schedule, comment with your picks. Right. But please make sure you put your picks in order of the schedule. That way it's easier for us to keep track of your wins and your losses yeah. and your record for the entire season. Once again, folks, enjoy this Monday. The weather is a little not bit cooler bad. today. It's yeah. not too bad. It's fairly nice. So get out on your lunch break if you're out on your lunch break and enjoy some of this nice sunny mixy weather and be great on purpose see you all week on social media this thursday at the drake and next week right back here on heat 100 radio thanks for tuning in everybody we'll see you next week
the drink.